This is a Courageous Church podcast, equipping and empowering you to live a courageous life. Join us now as we listen to a message from Courageous Church in Salt Lake City, Utah. Hello, Courageous Church. My name is Garrett Prechtel, and I serve as the senior pastor of Venue Church in Colorado. I say Colorado, not a specific city, uh, because we have two locations in two separate cities, and we have future goals and dreams to reach other rural towns throughout the Rocky Mountain region. And so we just say Colorado, but nonetheless, I am the senior pastor. My wife, uh, Sarah, and I have been married for 17 years, and we have three incredible children. And right now you're about to experience some movie magic. There they are, right there. Beautiful, aren't they? Well, Pastor Jason and I have been close friends for nearly 25 years. It's, it's kind of weird saying that, but 25 years we went to high school together. We have a long history together. We started in ministry together. Um, and then there's another side to our relationship uh, and, and it is that he serves as one of the oversight pastors for Venue Church, which means that he's my boss in many, many ways. And so even if you don't like me today and you do not like anything that I teach or share, I want to ask you to do me a favor. Give me a raving review. Brag about today to your pastor, my boss, Pastor Jason. All kidding aside, Pastor Jason and Candace are, are close and dear friends uh, of ours. Our families are close. Um, that we, Our families are more like family than just friends. And I just have to tell you, we love them greatly. And I don't say that because that's the thing to say. I say that because we truly love them greatly and would do whatever we have to do or could do to help them in any way possible. And I just have to say, it is my opinion that you are truly blessed to have both Pastor Jason and Candace. They are two of the best out there and we love them greatly. Now, I don't say this out of token sentiment, but out of true sincerity. It is such an honor to be teaching today. It is such an honor to be with you, even though it's in this different capacity and it looks different, feels different than what we are accustomed to and used to. I just have to say it, it's an honor to even be teaching and being with you in this way in your home, even though I wasn't invited into your home. It's pretty special that I am in your home, uh, but, but, but it's an honor. Um, and, and not only because of my love for your pastors, but because for years now, I have spent hours praying for you. I've spent hours praying for this church. I've been. I've spent hours, and, and, and I got, and I went. On, I went to Salt Lake City a couple times with Pastor Jason, just to plan and to pray. And so today is very special to me. All right, now with now that the introduction is done, let me pray and let's jump into the Word. Jesus, we love you. We love you. And Lord, there are so many things that we could say. There are so many things that we can ask for. There are so many things that we are in need of. And Lord, across every home represented uh, today and, and in future days as, as people watch this, Lord, there's a lot of needs. There's a lot of wants. There's a, a lot of stuff. There's a lot of stuff. And over all of it, Lord, over all the uncertainty, over all of the all of the issues that are surrounding us right now, we just speak your name, the name that is above all names. We speak the name of Jesus. 
we speak your name and we just say, Maranatha, come Lord Jesus. Lord, speak to us today. Change us, transform us according to your word. In Jesus' mighty, holy, awesome, incredibly powerful, kind, patient name. Amen. Amen. So, you have been in a series here at Courageous Church called Flourish. It, it, it's, a, it's a series based upon this book right here, Flourish, by Pastor Lee Cummings. Pastor Lee Cummings, I know he, he's important to Courageous Church. He serves on your oversight uh, board and team. Uh, Pastor Lee has been a mentor of my life for almost 10 years. He's been a pastor in my life. He's been a friend in my life. And so Pastor Lee is an holds, a, holds an incredible place in, in, in Vineyard Church and Courageous Church. And this whole series, Flourish, has been based on or predicated on his book, Flourish, that he wrote not too long ago. And I'm picking up the series. I'm continuing in your series today by teaching on chapter 8 or teaching out of chapter 8, Flourish in Your Destiny. I, I trust that you're not just listening to this series, but you are participating in this series as well. And what I mean by participating is doing the reading each week. So following along in the book with where the series is going. Which I bring up because in his book, Pastor Lee clearly defines and he clearly details some specifics from the text that we are going to study, from the text that we are going to read today that I'm not going to go over. So Pastor Lee clearly defines and clearly details out some very key specifics that we don't have time to go over. Specifics that clarify, but also correct misguided ideas and abused authority and power within the church. And so I want, I want to encourage you if, you, if you have not read this chapter, to read this chapter. I want to encourage you to do that. I also want to encourage you, if you don't have the book, to get the book, right? You need the book to read the book, and so get the book. Let's go to our text. We're going to be studying out of, one out of, out of just one text today, Ephesians chapter 4, verses 1 through 16, and I'm going to read out of the NIV, okay? And this is what the Apostle Paul says, and the interesting thing about this section, it's almost like part two, even though Ephesians is a short book, it's, a, it's relatively a small letter or small book, it's almost like part two to the book or to the letter because he has shifted from teaching Christocentric, which means Christ-centered theology, and he's shifted then to missiology or the mission and the mandate of the church to reach the world. And now, so he's gone away from those. That was part one. He's gone away from those. And now he's transitioned to what it all looks like. To, to, and so it's a really cool uh, transition that the Apostle Paul is making and some feet that he is putting to everything he just taught. And so let's look at this. Ephesians chapter 4 starting verse 1. The Apostle Paul says, as a prisoner for the Lord, for the Lord, that's a big word, for the Lord, then I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. Now I'm going to hinge a lot upon that today, that one sentence, to live a life worthy of the calling you receive. So remember that. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, 
bearing with one another in love. B, that's an action. There, that, there's something coming out of me. There's something that I'm doing. Make every effort to keep unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. Notice that it doesn't say with those you agree with or who vote like you who, or who share the same opinion as you or who see masks the same way that you see masks. It says make every effort, you, me, personally, individually, make every effort to keep unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. There is one body and one spirit, just as you were called to one hope when you were called. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. Now verse 7. But to each one of us, grace has been given as Christ apportioned it. That is why it says when he ascended on high, he took many captives and gave gifts to his people. What does he ascended mean except that he also descended to the lower earthly regions? He who descended is the very one who ascended higher than all the heavens in order to fill the whole universe. So Christ, now get this. So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and the teachers. Five positions. He gave those five positions. What did he give them for? To brag, to have a really cool name badge, to rank themselves higher than someone else? No, 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 no. None of those things. Why did he give the church those positions? To equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all, all of us, reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, we grow, we mature, we grow up, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Then, and then, at that point, we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by politics and agendas and heated conversations and, and hyper-emotional and hyper-opinionated uh, social media feeds, we will no longer be tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people and their deceitful schemes. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow. We will grow because growing things change. Growing things change. We will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head, that is Christ. From him the whole body joined and held together by every supporting ligament, us, grows and builds itself up in love. Now get this part. This is the part, this is huge. It grows and it builds itself up in love as each part does its work. As each part does its work work. Now in chapter 8 of Flourish, Pastor Lee teaches us what is known as the fivefold ministry. It's those five positions that, that we just read. It's the, the apostle, the prophet, the evangelist, pastor, teacher. And you may be familiar with those positions, and, and, or maybe you're not. Maybe you've heard them and, 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 and your knowledge of them is very vague or abstract, and that's okay. Like I said, go back and read it. But I bring this up because 
on page 118, Pastor Lee says, God has given, which means it's a gift. God has given fivefold ministry leaders of apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers in the body of Christ. Two, for the purpose of to mature us and bring us into our destiny in God. He has appointed elders and pastors in the church not to rule as tyrants, but to serve as overseers and caretakers of all of our lives. All of our lives. What Pastor Lee just said there is so good. It's so much more rich than, 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 than just the paragraph gives credence to. It's deep. It's a deep well that, that we can sit on for a long time. It is so, so good. And with that reality of the fivefold ministry at the forefront, I want to get real and personal today. And I want to start by saying I know and I understand that there has been misuse and abuse by some who hold those positions in the church throughout the years, throughout the decades, throughout the centuries. I get it. And the misuse and the abuse has caused some of us to distance ourselves, better yet, isolate ourselves from the church because we're hurt, because we didn't like what happened, we don't like the way it went down, it left a bad taste in our mouth, and I get it. I get it. I totally get it. But please hear me. If you have experienced this, I, I don't know if this will do anything, but I do want to express my sincere sorrow, my sincere grief about it. I'm sorry that that has happened to you. I'm sorry that they did that, that they said that, that they went that way, that they treated you like that. I'm sorry. Pastor Jason and I are serious about wanting to see God heal you in that area of your life. But with that said, despite what has happened, despite what did happen, I want to be clear on this subject from a scriptural standpoint, not from a pastoral position, from a scriptural standpoint. I want to be clear. A, the fivefold ministry is seriously needed in the church. Seriously needed. And it is, it is depleted and in a deficit right now. And B, the fivefold ministry is a gift from God for the church and to the church. You see, something we need to understand is that the fivefold ministry, it represents order. And scripture teaches us, clearly teaches us, that God is a God of order. He's not a God of chaos. He's not a God who does things that way. He's a God of order. So like Pastor Lee said on page 119, when we resist His being God's order and persist in our isolation, we stunt our growth and potential, which I don't think any of us want, which I don't think any of us want, but we see the consequences of that reality everywhere around us right now in the church. Now, I don't know if you know this, but... The gospel demands that each member, when I say each member, I don't mean a piece of paper you signed for a particular church or denomination. The gospel, I'm talking about the gospel demanding that each member and each member being every person who is called to and believed on Christ as Lord. The gospel demands that each member take personal responsibility to grow in their walk with God and to grow others to walk with God. That means this, it's my, it, it, it's my responsibility to do those things for me to grow and to grow others. So contrary to popular assumption, 
It's not the apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers' job to do those things for you. According to Ephesians 4, it's the apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers' job or responsibility to equip you, build you up, and mature you for the destiny that God has for you. But as a child of God, it's each of our own personal responsibilities to then go do them and to continue growing in them. Verse 16 said, From Him, being Christ, the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, us, us, grows and builds itself up in love. It builds itself up in love as each part does its work. As each part does its work. You know, back in college, uh, I took a I took a part time job. I was I was in ministry, but I was working full time. But uh, you know, being paid sometimes. <laughs> if you've been in ministry, you understand what I'm saying. But back in college, I took a a, a job as a personal trainer at a gym called Twenty Four Hour Fitness. Part of my job was to teach my clients a proper workout routine. And what that means in the gym world or the fitness world is I was teaching them how to bring them their bodies to a condition of fitness. I was teaching them to bring themselves to a condition of fitness. But there was another part of my job, there was a bigger part of my job, and that part was teaching my clients how to eat, drink, and rest correctly. And what that means is how to live better daily. You know, it always amazed me how many people would come and because of the specials that we were running, they would buy 10, 20, 30 sessions from me in advance. I mean, way in advance. But then they would only use two or three of them and then give up, throw in the towel, quit. So they would spend big money and essentially say to me, what I want for you, what I want is for you, my personal trainer, to fix my life at the lowest level of effort on my part. And now I get that many of us don't get this way of thinking and living, but truth be told, welcome to the church. Welcome to the church where we roll in or we turn on the screen and, and, and we're like, so my Christian life, you are going to do it for me, right? Apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher. You're going to do it for me, right? I may only come from time to time, but I brought money. So listen to what I have to say, apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher. I am just a, insert whatever you do as a profession, as a job. I am just a, but this is what I expect out of my apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher. And what I expect is that you would do for me what Jesus has called me to do. I expect you to do it for me. I expect you to do it for me. Beloved, we have lost, we have completely lost the sense of personal responsibility that the gospel places on us and thus stunted our growth. We have stunted our potential, and it's no one's fault but our own. It's no one's fault but our own. Now, let's be real. For many of us, we want leaders. We want apostles, 
prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers, to do for us what the Lord has called each and every one of us to do. But this is not the destiny that God has for us collectively, nor individually. What I just said is evidenced by the fact that many of us expect the church and its leadership to shape and construct a Christian bubble, a Christian structure that will live out our Christian life for us. But the reality is this. The reality is that when I gave my life to Jesus is the very moment that I became a disciple. I became a follower of Jesus. And as a follower, as a disciple of Jesus, there are things that Jesus asks of me. And the things that Jesus asks, asks of me are what we can call the normal Christian life. The normal Christian life. Not the radical Christian life. The normal Christian life. For example, as a follower, as a disciple of Jesus, all of us are to pray. We are to pray for our homes, our neighbors, our families, the nation, the world, the sick, the lost, the broken, our, our government. We're to pray. All of us are to pray. We are to worship. And I don't just mean with words or when Caleb or, or whatever Christian radio station you, you like the most plays the song that you really like or when the worship leader sings the song that is your favorite and the words are on the screen. When I say worship, I mean with words, but more importantly, I mean what, Paul, what the Apostle Paul meant. I mean with our lives. With our lives. We are to take care of people. The poor, the orphan the widow, and anyone, anyone in need. We are to be kind to all people, not some people, not the people who look like us, vote like us, vote like us, uh, have the same opinions as us, wear masks or don't wear masks. We are to be kind to all people and honor everyone. We are to be generous. That's, we, and when I say generous, I don't just mean money. Yes, it includes money with money, but I mean with time and with our talents and with our attention. We're to be generous. We are to serve. We are to participate in church. We are to read the word. We are to share our faith. We are to speak boldly. We are to disciple people. And parents, that especially means your kids. We are, we are to disciple our kids. We are to train them up in the way that they should go. We, we are to let people into our lives, let them into our lives, and be active in a community of faith. Last, I mean, there's a lot more, but this is a big one that we really need to get today. We are to hate what is evil, and we are to cling to what is good. And by the way, only God gets to define those two things. Only God gets to define what is evil, and only God gets to define what is good. Only God does. By the way, all of those things that I just said are the normal Christian characteristics or standards, all of those are biblical principles not just things that I threw out there. Beloved, these are characteristics of a normal Christian life. Yet many of us think and many of us act like it's someone else's responsibility. You know, we, we act like it's the apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers' responsibility. Sure, how all of those things and many other things are lived out may vary from Christian to Christian. All of us may not have a pulpit on Sunday, but all of us have a pulpit in our homes, in our places of work. All of us have voices to worship with and pray with. 
Okay, so it may vary from Christian to Christian. Nonetheless, all of them, all of them, and so many more are meant to be characteristics of all Christians. So make no mistake, the positions Jesus has given to the church are not meant to do the Christian life for you. Nor are they meant to do the work of the ministry instead of you. The positions, the positions Jesus has given to the church are meant to prepare you, equip you, build you, and mature you to do the Christian life for yourself. But not just, or not just only for yourself, but for the work of the ministry and to build the church. I've been in full-time ministry for 20 years now. And after 20 years of doing this, I fully believe that the reason we are not seeing the church have the influence and impact within our cities, governments, and on the world like it should be happening, happen, I mean having, is because the church at large doesn't think that it's their personal responsibility. We've passed it off to everyone else but ourselves. Which I bring up, be, I bring it up because if we truly want to see our cities and nation change, if we truly want to see our lives and the church flourish in the world that God so loved that he gave his only begotten son for. By the way, that should not just be a really good bumper sticker or a really good meme that we put on our social media page. That should be a reality that drives us. Drives us that God so loved the world. That should drive us. So if we truly want to see our lives and the church flourish, then we cannot continue living. We cannot continue thinking like we have, like it's someone else's responsibility to do those things, like someone else will do it, like those in Ephesians 4. Each and every one of us, every member of the body, every ligament, every organ of the body that makes up the body of Christ, the church has to take personal responsibility for themselves and do it. Hence Paul's emphatic statement in verses 1 through 3, I urge you, I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you, you have received. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. Friends, let's stop pointing the finger. Hopping from church to church to church. Because the apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher said something I don't like. And let's live a life worthy of the calling that we have received and allow those God has given us to help us along the way. And let's be part of a body and a part of a local community the way that Jesus wants us to be. You know, I just spent some time uh, on vacation in Nashville with some of our relatives and I was talking with um, my wife's brother Adam and Adam spent a long spent many years as a firefighter in Newport Beach California and he also did some wildland stuff in California and we were talking just about everything that is going on and some of the problems we're all seeing and feeling and going through in the world and he began to tell us about this thing that they teach in the fire department called the normalization of deviance and maybe you've heard of this it's, it's used across many, many different professional platforms or, or jobs um, or positions. But he began teaching us or talking to us about the normalization of deviance. And what the normalization of deviance is, is it's the rationalizing of cutting corners, taking a shortcut, 
not following the set standard due to pressure in a given situation. And I think we've all, we, we all understand what that means. We've all seen it, we've all endured it, we all get it. That when you're under pressure, that when you're in a certain circumstance and going through a certain thing in life, the set standard that has been established in your life or in your work or, or whatever, wherever it may be, sometimes you cut corners, sometimes you take shortcuts from following those standards because of the pressure that is on you in that given moment. Well, my brother said something that struck me. He said, he said, people get hurt, Garrett, when people normalize deviation from a set standard. When people normalize taking the shortcut. When people normalize cutting corners in their lives. You know, the reality is that we see the normalization of deviance all around us on a daily basis. And every parent said, Amen. Every parent said amen. We see it in the stores. We see it in the politics. We encounter it on the road. You know, we do a lot of mountain driving out here. We live in the high country. We live in the Rockies here. And it always amazes me how many times we have to pull off to the side of the road because somebody has deviated or normalized deviation from the set standard of the rules of the road and they're passing up a hill around a corner. And every year people die because they normalized it once. They did it one time and they got away with it. They did it twice and they got away with it. They did it three times, four times, and now all of a sudden that is the new set standard. That is the normal of their life. I just do what I want, how I want, what I want. I think like I want. I have normalized deviating from the set standard. And now because of it, people get hurt. As my brother shared this, I couldn't help but think about what I've given my life to, to Jesus and to the church. And I couldn't help but connect the reality, the reality of how we have deviated and normalized deviation in the church. We have normalized deviating from the set standards of what it means to be a follower and disciple of Jesus. We have made deviation from the commandments and commission, the mission and mandate of Jesus on his followers, on his disciples, which all of us are, if we've said yes to him, we have made it normal. Let me say it like this. The results are catastrophic. People get hurt and people remain hurt. Our neighbors remain unloved by us and our cities remain lost. In other words, a world that God so loved remains far from God. People get hurt. This is not our destiny, courageous church. This is not our destiny and it has to stop. So instead of passing a normalization of deviance onto our children like many of us got. Let's pass on living a life worthy to the calling we have received. Let's pass on living that life that Jesus has for us to live. I want to cut to the marrow of the matter and set a clear standard in these last few minutes. The last few minutes I have, I want to set a clear standard. Okay? It's not the apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers' responsibility to reach your neighbor. It's your responsibility. If the only time the gospel is heard is on Sunday from a stage or a screen, we have a problem. It's not the apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers, teachers' responsibility to disciple your kids. 
it's your responsibility. The only time your children learn about Jesus is when you put on veggie tails or while courageous kids is leading them in a service, we have a problem. It's not the apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers, responsibility to read the word and pray for you. It's your responsibility. The only time you read the word is when someone else reads it for you on Sunday. If the only time you pray is when someone else leads you in prayer, we have a problem. The only t it's not the, the apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers, responsibility to worship for you. It's your responsibility. It's not the apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers, responsibility to do something for the poor. What did, what did the pastor just say? You heard me correctly. It's not the apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers' job to do something for the poor. It's your responsibility. If the only time you do something for the poor is when there is a table out in front of the grocery store or a big box out in front of the store for you to put a gift for a child in need. If the only time that you do something for the poor is when those times come, we have a problem. It's not the apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers, responsibility to care for the orphan and the widow. It's your responsibility. If the only time you care for an orphan and a widow is when we build an orphanage or help a widow in need, we have a problem. We have normalized deviating from the set standards of Christianity by passing it off to the fivefold ministry. And it's not okay. Please hear me. It's the apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teacher job to make sure that you are equipped built up and growing in your relationship with God. It's the apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers, job, responsibility to bring you to a condition of fitness for the work of ministry that God has on your life. It's the apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers, responsibility to help you discover the function that God has put on you as a member of the body. But it's not, it's not the apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers job to build you a structure that will live out for you that which Jesus has called you to do. Friends, the common idea here is that you and me, us, live a life worthy of the calling we have received and allow those who God has given us the apostles and the prophets and the evangelists and the pastors and the teachers to help us along the way. I am a pastor and I have pastors in my life helping me, encouraging me, calling me out, challenging me. So again, the idea here is us living a life worthy of the calling we've received and allowing those who God has given us to help us. Help us with our destiny. Help us in the destiny that God has given each and every one of us. I want to pray for us.
thank you for this time. I am so grateful to be with you guys today. I hope you were encouraged. I hope you were challenged. I hope that you were built up. Jesus, we love you. And Lord, I just pray that even though there's a lot of space between myself and everyone viewing, Lord, I pray that despite the space, despite the time between us, Lord, that you would transcend it all. And Lord, that you would touch and speak to and encourage and build up and convict each and every one of us. Lord, we repent of sitting idle and not doing anything. We repent of pointing the finger and waiting for everyone else to do that which you've called us to do. So Lord, like your word says, I pray that we would be a people who keep in step with your spirit. That we don't try to do this on our own or out of our own strength, but Lord, we do it by your strength. You are our strength and we do it by following you, by keeping in step with you. Jesus, we love you. We thank you for this day that you have made. We rejoice and we are glad in it. We want to pray that we would be your hands and feet. listening today. If you were blessed and you want to be a part of what God is doing through Courageous Church, including ways that you can give, visit us online at courageouschurch.com.